This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 464, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you.
Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 464, the post-Thanksgiving edition. I'm going to have to leave in the middle of the show to throw up. My name is Hello. Connor Kilpatrick, and joining me is Paul Montgomery. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So this, this is going to be a special sh- short, shortened edition of the show. Um, oh. It's As we record this, it's still the holiday time. Those of us are with our with our families are being told to keep this short and sweet, so... Uh, if this is your first episode, this is going to be a, a not traditional episode, probably probably half as long as a normal episode. So if you want a traditional show, check the shows on either side of this one. Or maybe try 2008. <laughs> so, we wanted to make sure that we, we checked in with our yes. with our extended family. The extended yeah. fan base family. So with You guys, and yeah. We are a fanboy. We like comics. We read comics. We read a bunch of comics. One of us picks that best comic they read. We call that the pick of the week. Talk about that book of the week, that book, other to- books of the week, other topics of interest, although not this week, just the books of the week. It's just, they're not even the full list. Anyway, before we get to the show, quick reminder and a warning, it's a review show. There will be spoilers, so pause the show and come back if you were worried about that kind of thing. Otherwise, forge ahead, because Josh had the pick of the week. I am thankful for Rasputin number two. Me too. Which is based on truish events, <laughs> as it says on the inside cover. Uh, this is a number two issue from Image, uh, apparently, which they also make, other than just <laughs> hundreds of number ones every week. They, they make number twos. Um, from Alex Gresham and Riley, Riley Rosmo, the, the progenitors of uh, Proof a long time ago, which is a series I really liked. You and said they make number twos. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me laugh. It makes me turkey. Oh, it burned in my nose. So the last issue, we found out that, that Rasputin could bring things back to life that had been uh, previously wrought what not to dead. be alive. Yes, that, which, which was unnatural and frightening. Uh, and he, he, he killed his dad, and he decided not to bring him back, uh, the bear. The does bear he bring him back from the dead, or does he just heal? Well, it, half a dozen to one, I mean, it's like it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, they um, were dead, and now they're alive. Uh, in in this one, in that last one, we sort of got an idea about you know Rasputin's childhood and who he was. These issues go by pretty quick. Well, this one not. also was half silent too. Yeah, I, I really like that. Uh, there's a, there's there's sort of a, a dearth of, of words, and, and I'm totally cool with that. That's and like, just criteria for pick. Can I read it quickly? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> No, that used to be the case. And listen, it's not that it's not a benefit. I'm a, I'm a busy guy. But on the other hand, like I like the pure comic booking of it. As we learned from, from G.I. Joe number 27? 26? 21. 21? Yeah, there's 21. Just, there's a confidence about it. Exactly. Like, you don't need to have words. I mean, you could easily put more narration in here. Yeah, they could all write in like accents. We have very much to have vodka for you. But they don't. They just... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's straightforward. And in this one, uh, Rasputin's a little older... He gets involved in a bar fight for for really no reasons. There's just pages of a bar fight. Pretty nasty bar fight. And he, and he meets a Frenchman, uh, and they both uh, make it through the bar fight. And they're like, I like how you fight. He's like, I like how you fight, too. And then uh, the man is killed. That's how men so, used to become friends, you know. It, I know. It, well, I, I don't think I would have even made it to the bar. <laughs> like, I would have just been a guy on a cart, a, a body. To be fair, they had swords. So. True. Um, the Frenchman, at least, had a So the Frenchman is like, you know, come come with me. And then you see this is how he's going to start his journey to, like, sort of become more worldly because he lives in a tiny little little village, and, and, and he meets a gigantic monk. And then we kind of flash forward, and we see stuff that happens later, which I really like, um, you know, because we're, we're going to experience going from here to there. Also, there's a good chance that giant mi- that monk could be John Proofrock. So but that giant monk also hmm. stomps on his head in the future. That's true. 
But I, I, I like that. I, I like the structure of that, and it takes advantage of the of the sort of serialized issue really well. Um, and and as we said the last time that that we talked about this first the first issue, really this is this is uh, Riley Rosmo. I I like yep. seeing his work just get better, and and like he's he's improved a ton. He's done a lot of work uh, in the time since he did proof, and I've read a lot of that. I don't mean to say like oh, where's this guy been. But it's really neat to see the the fruits of that. Uh, I think it's I think it's the best work. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I think it, I think and and part of it part of it's the coloring, part of it's you know him stepping up his game, and then part of it's also the production too. Like I like whenever they go to a different town or whatever territory in Russia, it's like big, huge. It's sort of like that. It's kind of like that J.J. Abrams thing, mm-hmm. like where they just they flash. A, it's it's part of the um, the scenery is the the caption. Yeah. For setting the scene. There's a lot of dot pitch coloring too, which I like. Yeah, yes, there's sweet zip tone. Yeah, so that's awesome. Mm. It's good looking. I I like this issue more than the first one. I'm still not quite sure. I'm definitely gonna read the third one because I did like this one more. But I'm not. You know, I haven't really loved this as much as you guys have. But I have enjoyed. I have liked it. The art is really wonderful. Mm-hmm. That first that's opening shot in the cemetery with the the dad in the background is really the double page spread is really great. Mm. Um, I really like the establishing stuff, like the when they get to the castle and it's just this big. Two-page spreads, just I, part of the world that we don't see a lot in comics. So. I, I like I like uh, true history when done not, or not or nearish history is is oh, true history I like a lot, but uh, nearish history when done well is very mm-hmm. interesting. It could it could careen off the side of a cliff at some point, and I'm I'm you know that that can very much happen. But right now I like that, and I like the. Yeah, like, I don't know the history that well. I know the basics of the story. I know he was a real person, but you know, there's going to be parts where I'm like, I don't know if this is part of the made-up stuff or what, and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, you know, it, it's keeping me, it's keeping me engaged, I suppose. And it's just nice to see. It's always really good to see with an issue number one that you liked a a step up. You know, like like they continue it in issue number two because sometimes people just have an issue number one in them, right? Yeah, and then and then it drops off a cliff. But at this, you're like, oh, all right, let's keep going. You know, and, you know, rest. Putin is, I mean, he's a key character in, like, the Hellboy in the Mignolaverse, yeah. you know, and it's a com- this is a completely different take on it. Yeah. Um, so that, a, so that's a fascinating really character in general. Yeah, right? it's, totally. It's a, it's a really interesting character. It's a great subject, great, great topic in history, and I think one of the big things about it is that even historically, you don't know exactly what happened. Like, there's a really curious, you know, bit of history where there's different people say different things happen, like they, they drowned him, they, you know, castrated him, they, whatever, threw him off a cliff, all these different things, and Shot there's all these accounts him, of it. Hung him? Yeah. Well, it's like, like, Herman, sorry, that was different. I, I was with you. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of room to play with that, but. I say we love us, Putin, go! <laughs> he could still be alive, you don't know. He could have done that, he could have pulled that move on them. Maybe Pee Wee Herman is Rasputin. Oh my god. I'm just saying, I'm putting it out there. People have to run with that. Do their own research. I say you give them to me. So one of the uh, the best things I read this week, I don't know if it was the pick, but it was Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman number 16. This is the digital chapter, the new one that came out this week. And if you're a paper reader, it'll come out at some point soon. This is part one of three, and it's a Wonder Woman story written by Karina Bechko and Gabriel Hardman and drawn by Hardman. And despite the cover, it does not feature Superman. Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking about that on Twitter. It's like I know it's confusing. There's no Superman in our story. I think they just had a lot. It'll of be in print eventually. Generic covers, and they just put them on these. Yeah. Um, Paul, did you read this? Oh yeah, this is great. This is I really first of all I really liked the idea of it, which was that Apocalypse, the planet, and the Paradise Island or Themyscira, however you want to call it. I always call it Paradise Island in my head. Yeah. Have some sort of tense diplomatic relationship, 
And uh, that's a cool idea, you know, because they are sort of a nation state and they are a nation state of superpower beings. So it would make sense that Darkseid would be aware of it and keep his eye on it. And the idea that they're constantly trying to make incursions into Themyscira and that are that are repelled was cool. And when, you, and when you're talking about it as Paradise Island, I mean, it's like heaven and hell. Right, exactly. You know, exactly. Apocalypse is like pandemonium. So. And so in this issue, they, they, they had sent two Amazons through to uh, Apocalypse to uh, do reconnaissance, and they'd gone missing, so they've sent Wonder Woman through to um, find them. And these this team could do Wonder Woman whenever they want, from, as far as I'm concerned. Please. <laughs> they are awesome. Oh, yeah. This was a great little issue. And I say little just because it was, it's shorter than a normal issue, but um, not to, not to dem- denigrate it. But they, the art is wonderful. In this issue, Wonder Woman goes across. She finds a contact on the other side, and then she ends up fighting the Furies. And action-packed, great character stuff. Gabe Hardman draws a really awesome Wonder Woman. I love the hero shot of her landing through the boom tube on, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. on uh, Apocalypse. It was just really fun. And I'm really looking forward to the next two chapters of, the, of this of this story. What do you think, Paul? I thought I thought it was I thought it was really terrific. And um, Gabe did a drawing or commission, or maybe it was a warm up thing of Dark Side not too long ago. Oh, wow, this guy needs to be drawing new gods, and I got that. So I I think the Furies and, and Wonder Woman are a great mix. There was that animated movie mm-hmm. uh, a few years back where Wonder Woman goes up against the Furies and like. Bard is in it and stuff, and I was yeah. like, this is what I want. You know, like, it's kind of an, a neat middle ground between doing the mythological stuff and doing superhero stuff, because the New Gods or Fourth World stuff is, like, straddling the line. Well, we talked them. last week on, during the Wonder Woman discussion about how I was looking forward to a more superhero Wonder Woman. This is, this is definitely in that realm, but worked, it worked much better. Like, yeah, like, I would, I like I would be thrilled if this was, like, the main ongoing Right. Wonder Woman team. They're so good at this. It's real good looking. Yeah. Uh, and I want to give credit to Jordan Boyd. Um, I, I was listening to, for doing the colors, mm-hmm. I was listening to long uh, behind uh, uh, Jim Viscardi's interview mm-hmm. with Gabe Hardman on his Let's Talk Comics show. Um, and it's my favorite thing I've ever listened to. All right, <laughs> that might be too much, but I, I quite <laughs> enjoyed it. And it's funny because Gabe said this thing in there where we were talking about digital comics and sort of drawing this a different style. And Gabe said, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sort of a storytelling neoconservative. <laughs> no, he's he's a storytelling neoconservative. Right. Meaning the digital pages and the things they do. That's that's nice and all, but I don't want to do that. But here he's doing it, sort of. He's just chopping the pages in half. But yeah, con- I know. mean, even con- it still has but, to be modified a little. Like the the splash yeah. of Wonder Woman landing is not a vertical splash; it's a horizontal splash. Yeah. But the thing is, this is also a guy." Who makes his living as a store as a storyboard artist? Which are in this and aspect ratio. That's really the aspect ratio that you're going for, so the most part. So it's so almost what you're like you're saying this is, is, is comics are basically storyboards. I'm not. I am not saying that. <laughs> I am saying that these are melding his talents into one place that feels comfortable. I really uh, like this aspect ratio for comics. I in the same way that I like it when it went to TV. Is I like I just like the landscape view. Better. Josh, what do we it's say? Not, this it, we it, like it, this. It, we don't want all of them to be like this. Okay. But yeah. No. This, it, is it, fun. this does work, and I see what you're saying because it really does, as a left to right thing, work very nicely. But you know, I like I love the page as it exists. But the, you know, I you know that's just going to be well, you know it's like people who I love Hal Jordan. I don't like any of the others. Like it does. You know, that's just how I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really nice looking. 
But I mean, I agree uh, with you, Connor. I, I like it on like the private eye and yeah, stuff like I that. Think, so I, I, I really like the widescreen format. I let, just love seeing his pen, especially for digital stuff. Yeah, but even like in this, general, there's a there's yeah. a there's a shot like looking down, like I, I don't know, it's in a factory or something, and there's like a little staircase that goes all the way up, and I just love the, looking at how that was actually drawn. Well, I you mean, know? this is a te- this is a technical industry term, but I like the the chunkiness of the inks. I always, I've always, why Gabe's one of my favorite artists. It's just, it, just you can just see the ink on the page. And you can see his brush. You can yeah. see where it went. Yeah, uh-huh. it's yeah, really nice it. looking. Um, so if you if you are not averse to the digital books, check out uh, Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman number sixteen. It came out this week, and there'll be two more chapters in the story. And actually, and we've talked about this in the past how the digital books are much more experimental than the regular books in terms of creators. And the the previous arc to this had a, a Gabriel Hernandez story. With a different artist whose name escapes me, it looked like it was drawn in the fifties. It was really, really good looking. Cool. So again, with just in the same way that the Batman and Superman books had different style of artists that DC would never use on their regular books. Not to say they wouldn't use Gabriel Hartman, but um, well, they. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to do Wonder Woman. <laughs> he should. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to awesome. do an arc. No, he should. Yeah. So yeah. check it out. I wanted to briefly mention Shadow Show number one is from IDW. This is an interesting concept for a, a series. It's based on a Ray Bradbury collection that came out. It was either just before or just after Ray Bradbury passed away. And they're short stories based on uh, the style and tone of Ray Bradbury prose. And so anyways, now they're taking those short stories and turning them into comics. So this is uh, based on a Joe Hill story, which is called uh, something... By the Lake Champlain. Um, the Silver Water of Lake Champlain, excuse me. And it's about two kids who find the, the, the champy or the, the, the monster of Lake Champlain, sort of like the Loch Ness Monster. Mm-hmm. And it's set in the 40s. And they discover it's basically a, a dead plesiosaur washed up on the beach, or so they think. And they're talking about, I just like that it's sort of um, this, this very interesting idea of what would a kid do if it found a dinosaur and it's seen that the kid has seen enough you know stories on tv or whatever in the movies that the scientists are going to come and they're going to claim it as their own and no one trusts kids and it's all grown-ups like steal stuff and so and they're they're not trustworthy so they carve their names into the this bloated dead plesiosaur and write the date and that's how you know it's 19. and the girl's walking away she's like okay now we've claimed it i'm gonna go get you know uh call the news or whatever and we're gonna get my parents and while she's gone the plesiosaur disappears and the only thing left of the boy is a shoe and this is something that haunts her into her adulthood and it's just a uh, a dreamlike little parable little fable about childhood and trust and discovery and I thought it was really cool, and I'm glad that they decided to take these and turn them into comics. And um, the setting, even though it's like physically set in Lake Champlain, so you have you know, sort of a dot on the map for it, there's this vague quality to the setting. So like, it could be any time, any place, and that's very, that's very Bradbury to me. Um, I missed it. Who's the publisher? IDW. This is IDW, mm-hmm. and it's based on the, a Joe How Hill are the story. Transformers involved? <laughs> <laughs> or is it the shield? Or they're what, implied. Which property is this a comic book of? <laughs> this is, it's a 
property of a short story collection of, of Ray Bradbury inspired stuff. Is it's it by a, is it uh, Jason Caramella. What is it? Um, I don't know what this is. I don't know if it's a mini or. I like Jason Caramella. Like well, it's, it's it's called Shadow Show Stories in Celebration of Ray Bradbury. So I'm assuming they're going to do more of them. Yeah. Um, but anyways, and the art is by Charles Paul Wilson the third. Good artist. Very good, good artist. artist. Yeah. So uh, I like this quite a bit. This was fun. I will check this out. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. Yeah. Gotham by Midnight number one is the kind of book you read and you wonder why the idea hasn't come up before and or been mm-hmm. done before. Not that the idea probably hasn't come up before. But this is basically a horror book set in Gotham City and it's written by Ray Fox and drawn by Ben Templesmith who's now fully uh, ingrained himself into the mainstream world after doing some of DC digital stuff. And it's, uh, it's a team of cops in the GCPD who, who do horror cases and it's led by Jim Corrigan who we all know is also the Spectre and it includes another, a couple other cops and, and a nun consultant and a creepy forensic consultant and then the new cop in the team who's an internal affairs investigator who's shown up to initially investigate their unit, but of course we'll be joining it. And, uh, you know, it's as creepy as you'd expect from a Ben Templesmith book. It features a brief appearance by Batman, and um, reading it, you know, it's a, it's a genre book set in a superhero. It's kind of like a horror version of Gotham Central in that that was just a cop book in Gotham. This is sort of a horror book in Gotham. It features cops, features Batman, but it's mostly about this creepy case involving abducted kids who come back different when they're found again. And I really, I really liked it, not just for the art, which I thought, well, I'm a big Templesmith fan, but also I thought the story was really well done. And I, I, I don't like everything Ray Fox does, but I, I do occasionally really like his, his stuff, and I think this really works here. I did not like his uh, image book that came out a week ago. Which one? I don't remember what the title was, but I thought, oh, I do not like that. Hmm. Paul, this might, be up. Up, this might be up your alley. I no, I, I read it, um, and I and I did like it. it it's um, um, it's sort of bittersweet because it's you know Templesmith doing a procedural <laughs> in a dark, grungy setting, and it reminds me of another favorite book that was don't, gone. Don't I won't do it. Don't I won't. It's, I mean, it's, it's there. It's you know, it's um, it's not. It's not a reach to compare. It's it to not that. a reach. So, right. but it's not. But it's it's not a reach, but but it's so it's it's not that, but but I but I do like what it is, and and I think you're right. It's like why didn't anybody do this before? I mean, there there have been horror books set in Gotham that are not you know Batman. Right. There was that like sort of what's that character's name? Is it like is it Simon Dark? Is that it? Yeah, Simon. Oh right, that was right. We watched that was a couple of years ago, and it was uh, like set on the outskirts of Gotham City. Yeah, title, like in the though. sticks of Gotham, and it's yeah. and it's like this boogeyman kind of right, you know, right. street-level Avenger. So, speaking of the fact that uh, Warren Ellis isn't doing that, <laughs> uh, is he doing something uh, that is worth talking about? I have no, no idea. Since we're, we're not going to get that. I have no idea how to feel about trees. Uh, trees number seven. It's certainly changed. Yeah. I've, I've, I, 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 I fell changed, off the but... book after issue two, if I'm being honest, and I read three through seven. This week in a row. Okay. Oh yeah. And uh, okay. I feel like I, I. This is, as you recall, this is the story Sorry. of the world in which a bunch of alien uh, crap ships or buildings or something landed are all around Earth and they look like giant trees. So obelisks. And this is the, just the, the story of the people around these trees are living underneath them. And so there's like five or six different stories being told here, and I think I like maybe two of them. Okay. You like and the girl in Italy? That's the best one. And then, hold on. 
I'm gonna go with the Antarctic scientist who who no, they I think don't is like crazy. No, I don't like that one at all. You know, like I, uh, I kind of like that. So you like the transsexual in China? No, that one's all right. I like, like I the, African the other one? one. I like the African one. The African the one. Oh, eh, there's not enough with that one yet. I, I know, but like I, I do find it interesting, and I thought that just from visceral level, the, the page where after they shoot the rockets off and all the missiles are coming down in the little village was really a, a fantastic yeah. page. But that's my favorite part. That's that's kind of why I want that that particular sequence is why I wanted to talk about this issue is that. Um, in previous issues, there's this sort of weird, um, tense relationship between these two different African nations, and one of them has one of the trees. And I like this idea that there's this weird science fiction concept that there's this strange alien object that appears, and ostensibly it's not just like a MacGuffin, it's also like part of the landscape. It changes the terrain. And it's there and, long enough. Yeah, and it's there long enough. And when you're talking about terrain, when you're talking about land in Africa... Um, and all of the geopolitical stuff that's constantly shifting there, any, any change as major as that is going to cause a lot of friction. And they've been talking about the fact that we're, we're going to put some stuff up there and we're going to use it to mo- – we can look down and we can have this you – know, it's tactical. Well, so it's it's the high ground. They've been given high ground, and they they've took been, it. yeah, they've been but given not the just high that, ground. They, it was high ground. They had to earn. You can't really put anything up there as it is because there's a weird gravity well around it. So they had to figure out, or the Russians figured out a way to sort of weight something down, and eventually it's going to fall off because of the friction and the gravity. But for now, they've got these missile launchers up there that the the, the Russians are basically having them test out to see if it works because apparently they, they they'll do it if it works, and it does work. Yeah. They, Launch a whole mess of missiles at the neighboring, and yeah, and so we've seen some some backroom negotiations and stuff, and people like grandstanding and talking about what they're going to do, and then finally this issue, I, the the big sequence is wordless. They just you know fire down these missiles, and if you've been following along with the story, you don't need the words to explain it. Uh, you know that oh they finally done it, and it's just it's not it's you know not the last scene of the issue. It's it's right in the middle there. And I just thought it was a really, like, I just I find that it's just really interesting structure to mm-hmm. this whole series and, and how they're telling these overlapping stories. And, you know, maybe next issue, maybe the bulk of it is going to be about the African situation and there's going to be less of the Antarctic thing. Um, I don't know, but it's, it's interesting, like, how they ration the story out. Yeah. Over they time. killed that one guy. They did. They, they, <laughs> they, they killed him real good. They and he was a dead. dick. So well, it's okay. That's my, Tito? my favorite Tito, story Tito? has been the one in Italy, which is where the the local crime lord, is, his girlfriend, has slowly been maneuvering to take over his uh, business. And yeah. in this issue, she makes her move and kills him. And I, this, that's been my favorite story. Yeah, but, I think so too. Like when it gets to the Antarctica, I just kind of get bored, and then like I just you know. Just I think depends. I know what you're saying with that, but I really like where it ended up this time, at the end of this one, where like yeah. there's a. The way that those flowers work and what it means, I, I thought that was, like, I, I didn't understand it until this point. And now that I do, I was like, all right, that's kind of cool. Um, so I, I, I hear you. Ja- oh, Jason Howard is, is just, like, it's a whole other version of the guy, and, and he's showing he's got the stuff, which is mm-hmm. cool. You know, one of my favorite features that we do on the show, I like War Corner. It's a good feature, but... <laughs> Really, my favorite feature is the is the continuing end of Superior Foes of Spider-Man. This is the last <laughs> issue of Superior Foes of Spider-Man number 17. I almost don't have anything to say about it, but I, I was pretty sure we had to talk about it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't have that much to say. For the fourth month in a row, Superior Foes of Spider-Man has ended. This is the last issue of Superior Foes of Spider-Man. <laughs> it's been a big funny gag about how I don't read anything other than the book itself, and I'm a dumbass. But well, this is the one. 
Well, you're usually and like and I wasn't like, the only one. Fool. Perfect way to end this issue. I just think like, it's funny that back. you guys haven't been able to tell from the content itself. They've they've sort of soft ended it a bunch of times. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> It wasn't. I wasn't making it up. Uh, yeah. So. Well, were you? Were you? Since you are only reading the book and not reading the news about it, are you aware that this team is going to do something at Image next year called the Fix? So uh, I think I briefly heard that somebody mentioned it to me. Yeah. So Spencer I'll... and Lieber are going to do something called the Fix, which sounds like they're like, the gangs back together, and it's I'll, another heist. I will read. I will read that. I will talk about that book when I think it's near the end, but nearer than it is. <laughs> this one's definitely got to. So how did this talked, one end? I, well, I could have talked about the unwritten this week, which also feels like it's going to end. It just keep doesn't. Although next week Diana said to be concluded. So there, I've done that with that too. It's uh, it was like a wrap up issue of of um, uh, Boomerang telling his story in a bar to a stranger. And then, like, he sort of gets to a point where you're going to learn something, and they cut it away. And he's like, you're not going to tell me? He's like, I want to be mysterious. And he, he actually mentioned C.J. Craig's mom, which was really perfect for me, but maybe not as many other people, which really explains why I keep reading the book, but not enough people did <laughs> to maintain it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you find out that the guy in the bar that he's been talking to is named Peter. And if you remember, the issue is the, the series is called Superior Foes of Spider Man. Spider Man has not made an appearance up until this point, I don't believe. <laughs> it doesn't matter uh, they're the foes. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. Which no. may also have something to do with its sales. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> It'll, to be fair, the Superior Foes of Spider Man don't it necessarily say require. It's going to be in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was, you know, it was, it was what we have come to expect from this. Uh, we got like a, a one or two page recap of everything that happened to all the other characters. And, uh, you know, uh, Shocker becomes the crime lord. And, um, and then who was the, was it the speedy one? He won, he won a lawsuit against Overdrive? Iron Fist. Yeah, Overdrive. He won a lawsuit against Iron Fist. So he got a 90 bajillion dollars. The Flash. Uh, yeah. So, you know, all's well, it ends well. And it turns oh, no, out that overdrive is the guy. No, overdrive is the guy who um, soups up like oh any vehicle. Uh, Mach Mach Seven is beaten severely. Jeez. I love Mach Seven. Yeah, I, lo- I love that Mach Seven was just the bitch of this whole thing. <laughs> they just they just pummeled him like 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 the one in prison. It was not good. But you enjoyed it overall. I definitely did. It was a tone oh, yeah. that it was a tone that I completely. Uh, liked all the way through, and it was very unexpected from both Nick Spencer and Marvel, uh, and it was yeah. a really good showcase for Steve Lieber. I'm looking forward to get a collection of this and then going back to the beginning and reading it from the beginning, because there's a, a lot of little nuts and bolts and things that, you know, like a lot of moving pieces. It has its own continuity, yeah. Yeah. and there's there's a lot going on, so I want to go back from the beginning and, yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, it's nice for me. I, I didn't. I read a couple, the first six or seven. I did like it, but I like the fact that a lot of people got to see Steve Lieber's work. Oh mm-hmm. man, it really was. I mean, he, he's he's got it. You know, just storytelling, but also just comedy timing and, and acting and everything. And uh, really talented guy who I don't think gets enough uh, notoriety. He's been around a while, so. Well, like Paul, I think I'll probably read it all in one go in, in trade form. And when I do that, I'll probably get it from myfanboy.com slash Amazon, which is where you can make all your purchases. Helps the show out, get a little piece of the sale, and keeps the lights on, the server costs and everything. And as you as we sail into the holiday season, this is our first official holiday show, you can do all your holiday shopping there. And if you do, Cyber Monday coming help up. Help us out and uh, go through myfanboy.com slash Amazon. Even better, just make it your, 
your link. Actually, make the link inside that page your link, and you'll always help us out. With you won't even realize it's happening, which is the best. Give us the money, Lebowski. Ifanboy.com slash registration is also another way you can help. Three bucks a month, thirty bucks a year. You can become an Ifanboy member, help us out directly, and uh, we really do appreciate everyone. As the year rounds up, and we do our our bills and our books, we really appreciate everyone who helps us out, and and thank you everyone who does that. And now, uh, wrapping up the year with Ifanboy December Book of the Month because why not? It's Paul Montgomery. All right. So our December book of the month, um, this is a callback actually to a book of the month that Connor made mm. a while ago. He did a, a Carl Barks Donald Duck collection. It was a Donald Duck, not an Uncle Scrooge. Yeah. Uh, was it? No, 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 it was it was, an Uncle Scrooge. It was the Uncle Scrooge. The second one I got was... It was the Only a Poor Old Man, I think. Yes, yes, yes. That's yes, what yes. it was. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, Don Rosa is the guy who picked up the torch from Carl Barks and... Fantagraphics has uh, started uh, putting out beautiful hardcover collections of his work on Uncle Scrooge and Donald Duck and the feature both characters as well as Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And uh, I put together a quiz about um, uh, animal characters in comics this week. And I decided to be a dick and make people figure out which is the one in the blue shirt, which is the one in the red shirt, which is the well, one in the green shirt. Easy. Yeah. Do you know how to tell Dewey. the difference? It's Dewey. Why? They're always in the order that their names are in. Well, that's one way. <laughs> a bunch of people did get it wrong. The, the actual, apparently, the, the way to, um, to figure it out is Huey is in the uh, highest hue uh, colored shirt, so it's, it's a bright red shirt. Mm-hmm. Dewey's the easiest one. Dewey is, uh, think of dew, you think of water, you think mm-hmm. blue. Right. And that leaves Louie and leaves are green. Green. So he's in the green. So that's that's how you figured out. But what's kind of fun about Huey, Dewey, and Louie in, in these wonderful uh, adventures is that they share word balloons a lot of the time, and it kind of doesn't matter which one's which. Um, if you if you pay close attention, some of them have different kind of quirks. But I'm very interested uh, in this because as a kid, I, I read a lot of the Ducks books, but mostly they were all Carl Burks. So I don't really know much about the Don Rosa collection. Yeah. So I'm not I'm very um, You've got my attention, Montgomery. Yeah, no. So, th- so this collects, two, and you can get these in single volumes as well. Uh, the first one is "The Son of the Sun," and then the second one is "Return to Plain Awful," and those refer to individual stories uh, in those books. But each book has a bunch of like mini adventures, and usually they involve Uncle Scrooge um, missing an artifact or something or in competition with one of the other millionaire ducks around. There's the Scottish one. I can never think of his name. And then um, there's like... Um, uh, Flint Hart Gander. Gondold? There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bunch of different characters, and you'll recognize them from like DuckTales and stuff. And um, I love the whole like big family tree of the ducks. And one thing that, like, that, um, that Don Rosa brought in, um, the life and times of, of uh, Scrooge McDuck... This, this weird family tree, and it sort of like goes back to like prehistory mm. of all these different ducks. And so you'll see, you know, sort of uh, the founding of Duckburg, and it's sort of like going back to the founding of, let's like Jeremiah Springfield, you know. I love like, a good family tree, a good history. Yeah. So like you go back to all different, you know, time periods. Uh, in comparing Carl Barks to Don Rosa, you're definitely going to get it's. It's definitely more of a classic style with with Carl Barks with Don Rosa. You can tell if you're looking at them side by side that this is the more modern take, more exaggerated poses. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he'll do big googly eyes, what, um, even what more year so than usual. Is this? 
Huh? Like, when did this come out? When did that's like a good relative question. to? Let's see. Oh, I don't actually play. know that. Sort of. What um, well, Don Rose is still around. He only he only sort of in the past few years retired, and you can actually go around and look online. He's he's written extensively about why he retired and how like sort of badly he was treated by yeah. Disney. And it's actually it's it's a really tragic story because he loves these characters, and in all of his essays, he talks about uh, feeling that he was born to do this. Like he was born to take up Carl Barks's, you know, mantle. And unfortunately, his amazing talent generated exactly four thousand dollars worth of revenue a year. Which is, so. and it's, it, but it, it's it's a really interesting story because he like is also part of this huge family that this big corporation, and he could have like just done nothing. You know, all of his life, but he decided to to go out and make comics. So he was one of the guys that did it because he had to. You know, he just he really wanted to tell stories. Um, of course, everything's twenty fourteen in the. <laughs> uh, oh no. Okay, so uh, nineteen eighty nine. There's stories from yeah the eighties, nineties, and even into the two thousands. There's one. From so really, like like contemporary with like Ducktales, which is where a lot of us you know sort of got to know that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's not really not in the seventies or forties or anything. And also that um, that Don Rose's humor is a little bit broader. Like you can tell that it's it's more of a modern voice than Carl Barks, who, you know, like a lot of those Disney comics are like in the forties and fifties and stuff. And you can tell it feels yeah. like an old comic strip. One I do thing like I, that, I, just, I do like that old vibe of them. That's I think what I enjoy. Yeah, yeah, more. I'd, there are things there are things that I like more about like a Don Rosa story, and there are things that I like more about Carl Barks. I like both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, trying to think of other differences, like the Don Rosa books are actually it's a it's a larger format than the Carl Barks, so that's kind of interesting. It's it's a great book to just you know have open, and you can like if you're a kid, you just like read it on the floor and stuff, and it feels like folding out the big Sunday comics. I remember in front those of you. when I was a kid. I had giant hardcover, and they were they were oversized. Yeah, so it's like a European album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that and that's sort of what it gets down to. The reason I love these so much is aside from just the great cartooning, is that it reminds me of some of my formative comics, which were European comics, which was Tintin and mm-hmm. Asterix and stuff like that. And I realized that I've missed a simple grid. Um before I got into mainstream Western comics and superhero comics, I was reading the newspaper comic strips. And like treasuries of that stuff, like Foxtrot and Peanuts and Calvin and Hobbes, and and then like Tintin on the other side, and they just tell great stories in in a grid format, and they're just like big adventure stories. And I love that in one panel you can be in the Scrooge McDuck Museum, and then in the next panel you're in you know like Peru, you're in a rainforest, right? And you have a big really... globe trotting sense of adventure yeah. that you don't get a lot these days. And it is sort mm-hmm. of very that ten ten school of, you know, we found an artifact and now we're going to go to Machu Picchu and uh, there's going to be a, a, you know, an adventure that takes us to, you know, the North Pole. I like I like that idea of it. Take, yeah, like, finding and, a map in a in a museum and then going on an adventure. And like Tintin, there's all those great like made up countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and in in this one, like they like in the first, in the Son of the Sun, which is the first volume. They go to like Mount or like Lake T- uh, Titicuku instead of Titicaca, and um, you know experience other other cultures and stuff. And they're always looking for you know great artifacts or treasure. And um, 
Donald will do, you know, basically whatever Uncle Scrooge tells him to. And inevitably, Huey, Dewey, and Louie are the ones who are sort of the brains of the operation and figure things out. Um, and there's great, like, little Easter eggs in the background. So you're paying attention to, like, the signs that are up in places. You know, they're, they're really funny. And, and so there's, there's something for everybody in here. Um, it's a great all-ages comic. And uh, I, I had a lot of fun going through these. Cool. And that's, a, and that's volumes one and two are in one big box set? Iron One big box set and you can get it for like thirty. Is this bucks Fanagraphics also? This is Fanagraphics. Yeah. They know how to put together a collection. They really do. Oh yeah, it, it, I mean it's gorgeous. Um, it couldn't have been put together, you know, in a in a nicer fashion. And and they have the essays and photos and stuff in the back, so you're also getting so th- a history lesson. Have they done all the Carl Barks ones? Are they all out? Uh, uh, Don Rosa, or is that doing simultaneously? I think no. There there are more Carl Barks coming out next year. I think. Those are really, there I mean, will be more ducks. Th- this whole thing is great because you're right. I, I really enjoyed the essays in the back of the Barks books too. I mean, you really get a cultural framing of the stories, and it's really they're really gorgeous collections. Mm-hmm. They do the um, they do the Mickey Mouse ones too. Mickey Mouse are a little bit older, and so the the humor is much more dated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're not going to be laughing out loud so much. It's more of a historical thing. But I think that the Donald Duck and Uncle Scrooge stuff is is funny enough and timeless enough. And, and so many people have DuckTales as a touchstone yeah. that I think a lot of people are going to dig it. So if you think you might have the capacity to enjoy it, you will. Great book of the month, the wrap of the year, the Don Rosa Library, volumes one and two. Great holiday gift idea. Yep. Yeah. It's kind, of a, it's kind of a fun tradition with Fanagraphics like they, and with the Peanuts. Like they put out two volumes a year, and then by Christmas time, they're in a box. So you can get the two volumes from that year in a slipcase. Sounds like they've been murdered. What's in the box, man? <laughs> so that's the book of the month. We're skipping emails and voicemails because we got to go be with our families. But you email us at contact.fanboy.com or call the voicemail line at 888-FANBOY-326-2697 to leave us a voicemail. Uh, quickly, the holiday schedule is we've got two more Pick League shows this year, 465, 466. are coming out the next two weeks. After that, you get the all-media show. We're taking a break. We'll be back January 11th with episode 467. So that's when you can expect a new show. In the meantime, you can read your books and enjoy and head over to ifanboy.com. You can comment on this show, talk about this week's books, tell us your Thanksgiving stories, anything you want to do in the comment section. All of our shows are found over at ifanboy.com. Uh, yeah, you can uh, follow ifanboy at twitter.com slash ifanboy. And you, you, what Connor did there was he segued very well from one segment to another, and I was like, wait a minute. Did you <laughs> I know we're segments quickly. Yeah, I know, he did. I was like, oh, okay, no, okay, we're good. Uh, twitter.com, I was, I was paying attention. I was just, I was impressed. You dazed me. Sorry. Uh, with your skill. I gotta go. Uh, anyway, twitter.com slash ifanboy and facebook.com slash... Whoa. <laughs> wow. The turkey's in my veins. Jeez. You see... Facebook.com slash iFanboy. You can follow us individually at C.S. Kilpatrick, Fuzzy Typewriter, and J.A. Flanagan. That will finally things. <laughs> finally, if you dig us, you can write us a review in iTunes. Uh, that would be a great, great holiday present for us. Uh, or better yet, you can tell your friends about us. Uh, got all of these people around for the holidays. Let them know about podcasts, and they can enjoy it on the plane ride home. So I spread the iFanboy love. I advice and played the show during their dinner. <laughs> I really hope that's what happened. Uh, if you did, tell, drop us a line. Tell us what happened. Tell us how badly it went. There are much worse things to talk about during your holiday dinner this year. It's kind of a rocky uh, final quarter 2014. So. All right. So uh, thanks for listening. We're sorry it's a short show. But we got families to attend to, and we'll be back with a regular full-length show next week. Until then, I'm Connor. I'm Josh. And I'm Paul. 
Wow, I'm in the middle now. Is that going to be like a thing? I don't know. It was your script. 